Faith FM Breakfast Show with the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson. Welcome, everybody. You're listening here on The Breakfast Show, 87.6, or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Special shout-out this morning to all those listening in Dorigo, New South Wales. Never been to Dorigo. I hear it is a beautiful place. We'll mm. be going and preaching there next year. Uh, Gulwa in South Australia, also on 88.0, and Leith in Tasmania on 87.8. Mm. Dawson, what's up? What are you thankful for this morning? Ah, uh, look, I, I had a pretty good day. I'm just in holiday mode. Like it's already happened. no uni out, and outside of radio. Like in terms of the work that I was doing at Newcastle University, no one's really around. The uni's closed, so just chilling. I did get to have an amazing, awesome, like this vegan tofu teriyaki wrap. That was just incredible. I went for a run with my friend, and it was it was good. But then, other than that, really just chilling. And then, looking forward today to doing the same thing, and then meeting up with friends for dinner. Like it's it's holiday mode. It's holiday time. I have to go out and get my secret Santa, you know, present for my family member who I can't disclose on radio because of Secret Santa. <laughs> I have to do that eventually, but really, there's no press, there's no time limits, nothing. But I've been talking too much. Lyle. Yes. You are one thankful tooth down. For, I'm, I'm not as smart as I was. Yes. And I'm thankful for painkillers this morning. Did you get to keep the tooth? Nah, I didn't bother. Oh, we were talking about doing an auction for it. You know, buy Lyle's wisdom. Yes. It's genius. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Quiz Lawson is going to bring it to you. (laughs) That's right. I am. And our first question this morning is, where did Jacob die? Where did Jacob die? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Where did Jacob die? Die, and that's Jacob from the Bible. If you know yeah. someone named Jacob who recently passed away, um, sorry for your loss. That's not the answer. Where did Jacob, the patriarch from the Bible, die? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And if you know the answer to that one, you'll go into the draw to win our amazing prize for this week: the Bible Study Companion Set, Conflict of the Ages box set. We were raving about this. And if you want to know where Jacob died, well, you can read the Bible. But if you want to get some in depth. Information, commentary. Are we about giving this situation. away this week? Yeah, this is what we're giving away. Look at no us. No way. And so you, you, we have a book that's a part of this set. It's called Patriarchs and Prophets, and it goes over that specific time period of the Bible and give you all the information you could possibly need to know about where and when and how Jacob died. That's cool. Yeah, um, so you've got the full set there? We've got the full set. So here's what I did the other day with your – okay, I shouldn't geek out on this. Uh-huh. Your uh, – the, the – um, the AI that you oh okay yep. showed me uh-huh. because I picked one one book out of that set Acts of the Apostles mm-hmm. and I said write a chapter review on Acts of the Apostles by Ellen White chapter one mm-hmm. and in about thirty seconds I read the whole chapter and produced the chapter. The, I I did the same thing with the book Steps to Christ. Like it just knows <laughs> nuts. It's it just knows. Nuts. It just goes to like it goes to the internet. It reads it. It produces a review. Yeah, I I, I think my prompt was write a review on the book Steps to Christ and highlight a specific tra- chapter and and what you like about it. And then it goes Steps to Christ. Da, 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 and I really like chapter four. Blah, blah blah blah. Like it's it's amazing. 
<laughs> Anyways, <laughs> this is the this is the death of creative writing. Actually, one of my assignments at uni was to write a review of Steps to Cry. So I'm hoping I get some more. No, that's not true. I'm going to write all my assignments. Um, I who's, who's the name of your professor? I have academic integrity, and don't tell uh, my course convener Hensley. And uh, Hensley Gungadu, Dr. Hensley Gungadu, if you're listening this morning, this is what Lawson is doing. <laughs> don't, you can check all of his uh, all of his essays for this year, all of his assignments against all of his papers, AI. <laughs> check them against AI. Hey, we only just found out this was the thing, so it couldn't have been last. Oh no, could not, it, not it, even it possible. Could, just, you know, that's right. Just, just no, nah, couldn't. Have we happened. only we only just worked out that, that this works. <laughs> but um, hey, uh, again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Where did Jacob? die is the question and you can call and text us because our text lines are up uh they weren't up for thursday and friday last week but they're up now okay i've got some stories to tell and the first story this is actually a really really interesting one this is kind of a a rescue an unlikely rescue story that happened in the english channel Okay? okay so some refugees were crossing the english channel Mm-hmm. trying to get into to England. And they were in a dinghy, and their dinghy uh, broke apart, and it's winter right now, so Ooh. it's freezing. And these people were saved um, by a scallop trawler, a nice. guy in a scallop trawler. His name is Ben Squires. He's he owns uh, a fishing company out that way, and he has a few different trawlers catching a few different kinds of fish. Now, I don't eat scallops, no. and I don't recommend that you eat scallops potato either. Scallops. Oh, I eat potato scallops. Man, it's a it's it is a necessary. I love putting them on like if you if you get like like chips. And, and this you, is where we get distracted from and the story. And <laughs> potato scallop and chips and tomato sauce on a bread roll. Oh, amazing. But hey, uh, back to this is, this is like scallops in the, in the sea, which I wouldn't recommend no, you eat. Ever. And, and Don't. now this, this scallop boat is being put to good use because it found these 31 people waiting in the icy freezing water. Yeah, you get, a, you get of, about 10 minutes, you're going to die from hypothermia. And that that's kind of right. Water. And this scallop trawler comes across them and picks them up and saves their lives. You know, and, and this guy, he's being hailed as the, the English Channel vigilante. He's just some, some random just driving his boat around and he's been able to save the lives of 31 people. That'd be pretty special. And, you know, I'd keep in t- touch with those people if I was the uh, skipper of that boat and mm-hmm. just, you know, find out where their lives go and what they do with themselves and mm. encourage them along their path. Mm. And it's... Uh, it's an unfortunate reality of like these people trying to cross the English Channel. Uh, thousands of migrants try, try to cross the Channel every year on unseaworthy vessels, and and you know people die in the pursuit of trying to do that. Um, but it's awesome that these people didn't lose their lives. I don't have any information in this story as to what ended up of them, but I, I hope and pray that they're okay. But at least their lives are saved. Regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a great story, and uh, so so fortunate that he was there at the right time, in the right place. Mm. Okay, well, you're a swimmer. Would you ever swim the channel? I how how far across is the English Channel? Ah, it's a ways across. There's not many people that swim it, but people how do swim it. Swim from far across the English Channel. Man, I don't know how to spell. Across is the English 
English Channel. Here we go. Uh, 21 miles. What's that, 30K? Yeah. <laughs> That's a long swim. That is, I, That's I, a long swim. I go and put in like two Ks, two and a half Ks, and I'm like, wow, what a what an effort. You know, I'll do that in the pool. But, okay, so take it up to three. Uh-huh. And then, and then times, times that by, 10. by ten. Problem solved. You know, just do just do three and then, I don't know, maybe sit in the water for like a minute and say, well, i got to just do that ten more times. Three Ks and with ten minutes. But that would literally take me, That that would take me like, 12 hours. I think, I, I don't know how long it takes to cross the English Channel by swimming, but it would probably be something like that, I would imagine. Yeah. It's a long swim. Probably a lot less for the pro guys who do it, but that's incredible. That's it amazing. Is. Anyways, shout out all the people who have crossed the English Channel. Hey, if you've done that, 0491064669 is the number to call or text, let us know. But hey, I've got another story here, which is all about... Uh, a story, well, uh, a concept that I've covered on the show earlier. I've talked about CRISPR gene editing, which CRISPR gene editing is essentially this method that they have of introducing mRNA into the genome of a person that makes precise cuts in the genome to remove or even potentially add, but it, it's more effective in removing genetic information. So the CRISPR system goes in, cuts things out so that people, you know, all kinds of, for all kinds of reasons. Now, a, you know, they're starting to use this widespread uh, within mainstream medicine for people who are sick with all kinds of diseases. And the latest success story to come out of that is of a 13-year-old girl who had leukemia, like very aggressive leukemia that hadn't responded to any treatments, including, you know, uh, uh, chemotherapy and everything that had been tried that usually has the ability to remove leukemia the cancer wasn't going into remission and they were like, all right, well, let's try this CRISPR system. And it went in, did some snips of her genes and ultimately her life has been saved, which is fantastic. She's a 13-year-old girl from the UK named Alyssa. And despite, yeah, the overwhelming attempts to try and get this done through every other conventional method, it failed. But then they brought in this this gene editing, you know, uh, thing that they've developed and just went in there, did some cuts and bam. There you go. She's fully healed, fully in remission, no signs of cancer whatsoever at all. That's fantastic. I've got some, I've got some, uh, got some English tra- channel trivia for you. Oh, okay. Here we go. So the fastest person, to, the first time it was swum across was back in 1875. Matthew Webb swam it in 1875, took mm-hmm. him 21 hours, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. But the fastest crossing was a Bulgarian who did it back in 2007 in 6 hours and 57 minutes. Came in under the seven-hour mark, so he was going pretty fast. But then you've got people like Sarah Thomas who swam from England to France and then France to England, then England to France, and then France to England without stopping. That took her 54 hours and 10 minutes. Without stopping? Without stopping. She just went backwards and forwards four times without stopping. Dude, that's <laughs> one of the things about swimming epic, is just pretty like epic, um, because epic it's, accomplishments. Because it's so low easy. impact, it's just all dependent on like cardiovascular and just like keeping your muscles de-stressed. And your brain in order. And just like, and they just keep going. Yeah. That is amazing. 
You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're about to talk about more serious news. Before we do, we have another quiz, another clue for our quiz. Okay, this one's multiple choice. What did the multitude of the heavenly host say to the shepherds? Okay, what did they say? A, joy to the world, the Lord has come. B, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. C, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Or D, go tell it on the mountain. So essentially, which song lyric uh, <laughs> did the the heavenly host actually communicate to the shepherds with? Was it A, joy to the world, the Lord has come. B, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. C, unto us a child is born. Or D, go tell it on the mountain. If you know the answer to that one, you will go into the draw. You just have to tell us. You have to tell us what the right answer is. And if it's correct, you'll go into the draw to win our amazing Conflict of the Ages companion box set. And pretty much with every Bible-related question, I'm like, oh, and this will have information. You know, this box set will, in one of these books, there'll be information about it. But there's, in this box set, there's a book called The Desire of Ages, which is essentially a commentary on the entirety of Jesus's life and everything that he did. And if you would like to receive it, 0491 just have to answer these questions correctly. What did the multitude of the heavenly hosts say to the shepherds? A, joy to the world, the Lord has come. B, glory to God in the highest. Uh, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. C, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Or D, go tell it on the mountain. One of the things I love about the Bible is how much common sense the Bible brings to the world and how much when the world moves away from the Bible, it just completely loses any form of common sense whatsoever mm. at all. story is about a Norwegian filmmaker, um, Tonya. I won't attempt her last name. I'm not good with Nordic names. Uh, but she's facing up to three years in prison for saying she's a, a filmmaker and an actress mm. um, and a prominent uh, lesbian filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, she's facing up to three years in prison for saying that trans women are still men. Wow. So this is an interesting one because it just shows that the you know the current social contagion that we have um, is uh, amongst in, in sexual ideology is self-destructive mm. because you can't be both a feminist and a person who supports transgender ideology at the same time. Those two mm. things are actually mutually exclusive because transgenderism actually destroys what feminism is and what mm. feminism has stood for and where feminism has done a lot of really positive work to create safe places for women and to create you know women's only spaces like in their bathrooms and locker rooms and toilets and all that kind of thing. Um, and also to create women's sports. Mm. You know, we could go on and on and on about, you know, what uh, the positive effects that feminism has brought. There's a bunch of negative ones as well, but there's been some definite positive ones where, you know, women and girls have been able to get out there and accomplish things and to do things that mm. they would never have dreamed of being able to do in the past. Mm. And that's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, we can really celebrate that and love that, except that when uh, the transgender ideology comes along, well, female w- women don't exist anymore. Mm. And, women, and men can now come into all of those. Uh, women's spaces, whether it's their safe spaces, their private spaces, um, or their sports, or whatever it might be, and just take them over as mm. more male oppression. And if you stand up and say anything about it, you're in trouble. And so this particular lady, Tonya, she's a lesbian. She's a prominent lesbian mm. filmmaker and an actress. And she suggested in a Facebook post back in October that male-to-male trans women, transgender women are still 
sorry, male to female, male to female yep. transgender women are still men. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's she's looking down the, the barrel at three years now for um, outlawed hate speech because you get one year for hate speech, you get three years if it's in a public forum. Facebook is a public forum. Basically what she said was this, men who constantly claim they are lesbians and women. Mm. So that way they can still be a man with all the male bits and still have sex with women. Mm-hmm. She says they are just fetishists mm. who discriminate against real women, mm-hmm. which is, you know, patently obvious uh-huh. to any reasonable human being. That's right. And uh, the other thing that is patently obvious is that the, these people are suffering from a mental illness and need mm. treatment mm-hmm. rather than acceptance. Under Norway's new hate speech laws, heterosexual lesbian men, um, such as, you know, and she, she names a particular one here who I've never heard of, have been granted the power to report other men and women who do not wish to accept the lunacy of gender identity, she says, and refuse to conform to this crazy religious regime. So she did come wow. out swinging. There's no question she came out swinging in her Facebook post, but she calls it out as a crazy religious regime, and I agree with her. Yeah. It is faith-based ideology has nothing to do with science whatsoever Mm -hmm. at all. There is no scientific basis Mm -hmm. for what is taking place in the transgender craze. And it's kind of interesting to see some LGBT-friendly fire kind of going on. Well, they're self-destructing, and and this was kind of predictable, and I think we're going to see a lot more of it. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I can totally sympathise with how this woman's... Now, as a, as a man, um, female to male transgenderism is something that is so non-threatening to me. Yes. I'm, I'm like, oh, why do I care? Like... Yes. Yeah. Could I, could I, you know, it, it, in, in, in so many senses, but like, I'm not then saying, I'm not then extending, I'm not making that a sweeping generalization of like, oh, is there a female who could make me feel unsafe? Absolutely. There could be that situation yeah, they, going on. For like, sure. For but sure. in a general, in a general rule, it sense, does not threaten it doesn't, us as men. It doesn't threaten me. No. But that, the other direction, male to female, that, because you're ultimately, these are, these are vulnerable people. Absolutely. And and you're attacking them mm-hmm. um, and you're invading their space and, and we it's, did, it's heavy. We did so much work over such a long period of time to provide protections for mm-hmm. vulnerable members of our community. Yeah. And we've got to recognise that women are a vulnerable demographic mm-hmm. because they are, on average, smaller and lighter and have less bone mass, less muscle mass than men. And so this is why, I mean, you and I were raised with the concept, with the ideology that as men, our job is to protect the women folks. That has kind of been (laughs) the thing in society for a very, very long time and everybody's like, oh, Lyle's into the patriarchy now. No, I'm just pointing out the obvious. Yeah. Sorry. How is how is it. that not a feminist idea? As yeah, well? and, and it's like, where is, the, women. <laughs> where is the bad thing in that? Why would women not want that? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, protect women, protect Men protect people, yes. make people feel safe. Yes, that's uh, a man's job. But it's, yeah, what we're seeing here is it seems as though uh, transgender ideology attempts to undo all of that. She went on to say it's just as impossible for men to become lesbians as it is for men to become pregnant. Insisting that that's men are men apparently. regardless of their sexual fetishes. Wow. 
Yeah. And so now, is she being like held in jail at the moment, awaiting trial? Like, what's the no? Deal? She's going to be. She's in the process of being charged, and all okay. that. they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with it because you know, etc. Anyway, Man, but this is this is incredibly high profile. I think in the Ooh, sense yeah. that that like, okay, she is a prominent LGBT member. Yes. She's a filmmaker, she's an activist, she's an actress, and she's come out swinging. Yeah. I mean, she knows what the law is. Like, if, if, and, and we know, like. It's almost like, I know what the law is, try me. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Because, I mean, the thing is, if this goes to court, uh-huh. she's going to have science on her side all Absolutely. day long. It, like, I can, well, you know, what, what country is she in? Norway? Norway. Yeah, I don't necessarily know how the legal system works there or what the the vibe of the Supreme Court is if there's, you know, if they work all the way up the ranks and they have to get... But but any high elected official in that capacity, I don't know how you couldn't see through this, like, and just side with her. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. No, it is very interesting. Um, and this is when transgenderism comes into conflict with... Feminism as seen by males competing with females in sports and safe places, etc. All right, we need to move on with the show. We have, oh, this is Roscoe Johnny with We Three Kings. Stay tuned with more to come. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. That was Roscoe Johnny with We Three Kings and there's still more to come. Ah, <laughs> oh, Lyle, that was hilarious. I'm glad That's you got my joke. The greatest joke of all time. That was actually a mum joke. Oh, really? Yeah. Is, is that Lyle? I just I was repeating it. Oh, okay. Someone it was else. Epic. Wrote, I thought it was you were going to say it's a mum joke, and you wrote it, and then I was confused. I'm, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, we're going to Kelvin uh, here in a moment to talk about everything wonderful, weird, and wacky. But before we do, what did the wise men follow to find Jesus? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. What did the wise men follow to find Jesus? Call or text that number, and uh, you'll be able to go in the draw for our amazing prize. And, of course, as I mentioned a moment ago, Kelvin Langman is here. He is our resident expert on all things weird, wonderful, wacky, and obscure in the Bible. Uh, Kelvin, what are we talking about this morning? Trees. Trees, okay. In particular, but the Bible talks about um, weird things like trees that talk. It also talks about trees that clap their hands. Now, I don't know about you, but it's pretty weird if you're watching a tree and a tree claps its hands. I've never seen a tree with hands, so I've never seen a tree that claps its hands. I have, I have seen trees, and this is actually unusual, is when you get two branches that are banging against each other. You never really see that in trees. You don't. It's quite unusual. Trees are, trees are very smart. They're very intelligent how they don't grow that way. Mm-hmm. I would kind of freak out if I saw a tree clapping its hands, to be honest. But, you know, maybe that's just me. But, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I've been looking at different aspects of different trees in the Bible, and one of the things I've been looking at is the almond tree. So, Jeremiah, if you want to look with me, Jeremiah chapter 1. All right. Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's uh, head over there and see what we can find. And if you can read verse 9 to 10, Jeremiah chapter 1. All right, Lawson, go for it there. What have you got? Jeremiah chapter nine, uh, chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, the Bible says, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over the nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, 
to build and to plant. Yep. So here Jeremiah is um, told that he's got something important to do for the nation. Mm-hmm. So it's actually foretelling of what was to come. Mm. Like Jeremiah, what kind of a prophet was he? Well, he started off as a young man and he was... Uh, yeah, we, what, oh, he, he was he was probably one of the most real of all of the prophets when I read what Jeremiah writes mm. because he was somebody who didn't hide his feelings. Mm. You know, I think that most of us, as you know, particularly particularly us blokes, we tend to hide our feelings. Whereas Jeremiah, if he felt down, he'd write about it. Mm. If he felt up, he would write about it. You you know where Jeremiah was at. Yep. In terms of his like uh, time period and his purpose as a prophet, he was like. The he was like the apocalyptic prophet to the to the uh, to the specifically to the Israelites in terms of like their world was about to pretty much end. Uh, you know, you've got the broader prop- apocalyptic prophets like John and Daniel and whatnot. But he was like he was like put in a specific time period to tell them uh, your world's about to end, pretty much. So some prophets were encouraging them to do good. And other prophets came along and warned them of the foreboding doom that would come, the mm. impending. And this is this is what I see with Jeremiah. Mm. So he's um, he's warning them to go ahead and, and you know change, improve your ways. Um, so in verse eleven, the word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree. Why the branch of an almond tree? What's so important about the branch of an almond tree? Well, I like almonds. Yeah, he needs to make some milk, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe he's got a milk allergy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's, um, he's lactose intolerant. The Lord said to me, verse 12, You have seen correctly, for I am... Who, who is the I am? Uh, oh, I am. I am. I it's am what? God. The self-existent one. I, I am watching. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is very important here because the, the word almond can also be translated as watcher or watching. Really? I did not know that. Yep. So when God um, describes an almond tree, it's an illustration of himself watching over the nation. Okay, 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 okay. Let me me roll this back in my mind. That is super interesting. So the Hebrew word for almond can be also translated as watcher. Watcher, yeah. So when the Bible says a watchtower, Mm -hmm. it's actually... You would in the Hebrew, you would almost read it an almond tower. Yeah, but it's like context to know, like yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. Which, that is incredible, and it's very interesting when you go ahead and read it in its context. The Lord said to me, "You have seen correctly, for I am watching to mm. see that my word is fulfilled." Mm. See, that makes so much more sense now because initially it's like, <laughs> "What do you see? I see an almond tree." You've seen correctly because I am the one who is watching, and I'm like, "What's that got to do with an almond tree?" Now I understand exactly what it has to do with an almond tree. But it's I've very never known this before. It's very interesting. He says, "What do you see?" A watcher sees. Yes. So here, Jeremiah, he's calling Jeremiah to be a watcher. Mm. So what does a watcher do? A watcher watches over and oversees to make sure everything's done properly. That's right. So here, God is doing the right thing. He is judge. But he calls Jeremiah to watch over and judge as well to see that God is is good. That's see? amazing. And here's the thing. I get, yes. Look, um, God judges. We say that God, we're ready for the judgment, for God to judge. But when we get to heaven, who's going to judge? Well, we do. That's yeah. what the Bible says, Revelation chapter 20. Judgment but was... Who do we judge? 
well, we don't judge people. We judge God Himself. We will look at God's righteous decisions and uphold His. We judge right God's. End. We judge God's judgment. Yes, mm. and that's what and that's what God is calling Jeremiah to do right here yep. is to judge my judgment and to be a witness, to be a testimony that I am a righteous judge. Dude, that is exactly what happens because literally all the people are about to be destroyed, like because yeah. by, and, by and, Babylon. And, and a lot of those it. people would get would get pretty sore about you know the fact that their nation has been destroyed and be tempted to blame God, except that God has appointed a witness. Mm. He's appointed Jeremiah, mm. mm-hmm. and Jeremiah is like, "You be a witness." And when they get salty about the fact that they've lost their nation, you can turn around and say, "Look, I warned you. I said this would happen. You know, God warned you. God said this would happen. You made these decisions. You brought this on yourself." Mm. And he would be the witness that God is just and that God is merciful and God is all loving. And that even though they don't deserve to be alive and don't deserve to still continue and exist as a nation, they still do. Mm. Yep. Beautiful illustration. So I'll share with you verse 13. The word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a pot that is boiling, I answered. It is tilting towards us from the north. Uh Uh-oh. Boiling water. What's what's a point? What's the, what's well, the that, illustration that, that, here? Uh, that that sounds a little bit like it might. If it's point, if it's if it's starting to tilt towards us, mm-hmm. a boiling pot of water that is tilting your direction, I'd be I'd be out of there. I'd I'd be running away. That's going to scald you. Yeah. If you were in a city and you were being attacked, you would pour over the wall pots of boiling water or boiling oil. Yes, preferably oil if you could get your hands on it. If you can, that does most. Harm because you can't wash it off. It sends a shiver down my spine. Sticks on your skin and you can't wash it off. Terrible stuff. So there's there's also a little bit of an illustration here that there's a bit of a battle. There's a bit of a war going on, you know, Mm. and you've got to fight evil, Um, and that's why you've got this boiling water being poured on anyone that's attacking you. It's going to be in the way. So it's very interesting here. Um, The Lord said to me, "From the north, disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land." So this is, he's, he's telling this to the nation of Israel, and it's not nice. Like having this uh, potential doom poured out on you. So Jeremiah, it's, an, it's not a nice uh, message to bring to the nation. These are God's chosen people. Mm. You know, and yet to have to bear this, um, poor old Jeremiah. Um, but it, it's very interesting when you look um, at Jeremiah chapter 44, verse 27, uh, God repeats it and says, Behold, I will watch. And the word watching there, we mentioned before, it's the word almond, uh-huh. but it can also mean shaking, the mm. shaking. So it's the sifting. Um, it's also like a time of, of trouble. But it's, Behold, I will watch over them for evil and not for good. Isn't God good? Why does God watch over for evil? Why is he watching for evil? Wouldn't God want to watch for good? Doesn't he want to reward righteousness? Why is he watching for evil? Is God evil? Why does he watch for evil? Mm. Very well, this unusual statement. It's a very unusual statement, and, and, and maybe it is because... Yeah, I don't know. Where are you going to go with this one, Kelvin? Tell us all about it. <laughs> well, this, this is one that you could easily read it and get um, lost quite easily. But when you compare the Bible with the Bible, you look at Luke 6, verse 38. It's one of my favorites. A good measure pressed down. How many of you know that verse? Pressed down, shaken shaken together. Shaken together. And overflowing. And overflowing shall be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So God will judge you 
but he won't use any different judgment to the judgment that you use on others. You see? So what's another verse? Um, you've got Matthew 26, verse 52. Those who live by the sword, sword. will die, by, die the sword. by the sword. So by your own measure, by your own standard, you'll be judged and life will happen mm. back to you. So it's important for us as followers of Christ to be a good person, to be a nice person to others because other religions might understand that like as karma or yin and yang or something like that. But I see God is actually judging us, but he's not going to use any other judgment than the judgment that we use. So when we are um, condemned, it's ourselves that condemn us, not God. God doesn't need to condemn us because it's us. So here we have in Jeremiah 40, 20, 44, 27, Behold, I will watch over them for evil. So if we do evil, evil will come back to us. So it's not God pushing that evil on us. It's actually us putting it back on ourselves. But he's watching for the evil, if that makes sense. Because he's talking to an evil people. These are his righteous. Well, it should be his They're chosen supposed people. to be his righteous they're people, but they're actually, yes, they've wandered away, far away from God. Yes. Um, so it's, I thought, quite an in-depth topic when you get into it. Like, it's all about the almond tree. Yeah, well, so, who would have thought that you could get so much out of an almond tree? <laughs> let's, let, yeah, when you look at that, you, you look at the fruits. That by their fruits, you shall know them. Right, so the fruit of the almond, and it's what's very interesting. The, the almond tree is the first tree to blossom, but the last one to bear fruit. So there's a big gap between the two. So there's a bit of a spiritual application there. As I'm, well. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Finish that. Finish that thought. Well, I was going to move on. Um, where am I going from there? Well, we're kind of running a little bit out of time. <laughs> Time's gone really fast. Um, but, you know, I was just sort of thinking about how did the almond and watching ever, you know, how did that ever come around to be the same thing? And maybe it's because Middle Eastern people uh, from this particular part of Asia have almond-coloured eyes. Maybe. Maybe there's a connection there. You know, maybe if they were blue-eyed, blonde-haired people, this would never have been in our Bibles, but they weren't. They had brown eyes like almonds. It could just be like a play on words, which oh, as well, which would also be very like poignant to the reader, like the Hebrew reader is like, whoa, whoa, that's cool. God's a poet. Yeah. Oh, Kelvin, we wish we had more time. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.